shit out already. Well, sorry about it. Anyway. No, 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 no. I've been doing it as much as you. <laughs> well, greetings, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with the depth charge. We're here with depth charge. Yeah. yeah so, well, well we we're back with this depth is, charge. This is depth charge, and uh, we have a special guest. Well, are you gonna? Do you want to introduce our I, guest? I can. I'm. I'm so excited. <laughs> you. You introduce. All right. Our guest today is um, local musician Anna Maria Olsen. Did local I say, musician. Did I say? Did I say? Well, we are in like. All right. I fucked it up. Fucked it up already. <laughs> international, uh, international, uh, intergalactic musician Anna Maria Olsen. All right. I like that better. <laughs> glad for, glad that you're here, Anna. Hi, glad to be here too. <laughs> uh, I'm so I'm so happy. I finally, you know, get to really properly interview Anna. I feel like I'm sitting a little bit too far away from you two. It's kind of, but is it is this okay? It's okay. It's fine. All right, yeah. all right. Nobody knows. <laughs> all right. Yeah, they, people don't know. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh man. So tell us about yourself, Anna. Yeah. Um, I'm a violinist and composer. I, I'm half Swedish, half Thai. I grew up in Sweden and um, I started playing the violin there when I was a kid, maybe like six or seven years old. Wow. Um, yeah, and, uh, and I always kind of stuck with it. And uh, then eventually I decided that I wanted to do it, like pursue it professionally. And so I went to music school and then I went to England to study music at conservatoire. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I studied um, a bachelor in violin at the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire. And then, and then uh, after that, I continued to do a master's in composition and uh, yeah, and then I moved here <laughs> during COVID. Wow. So, so is that like not long after the masters, finishing the masters that you moved here? Is it? Um, no, it was, a, I think maybe a year or two after. That's not I long. Think, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's not long at all. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why did I move here? Yeah. Uh, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because like you, I mean, you already have like two albums before you move to Thailand, right? If, if, if I'm correct. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you checked out her music? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Amazing. Um, uh, actually, I was looking, uh, you know, I was listening to some of your music on Spotify. And Spotify, you know, has underneath uh, what you're listening to, it says artists you may also like. Mm. And uh, next to you was... Uh, Underneath you was a uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto, oh. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, are you into are you into Ryuichi? Yeah, I love his music. Yeah, yeah. he's amazing. Uh, and actually, it's a little bit fitting because he's sort of he's someone else with a classical classically trained background who mm. went into mm. electronic music. I mean, he obviously he's like more or less finished his career, or so he's got a long path. But uh, do you think. like? Uh, would you say that Spotify picked? Some, some. <laughs> I, I know you don't want to blow your own trumpet too much, but would you say Spotify picked something good here? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I do love his music, and I think that's a really nice recommendation. Well, sure. Well, it suits her anyway. I mean, I'm a fan. You know, I'm, I'm. I don't know. I'm, I'm a guy that doesn't really, 
you know, get get to appreciate like you know. I'm not the person that always like praise people. That I'll much. I'll rephrase this for yeah. LJ. What he's saying, he never says anything good about any musicians <laughs> playing around here. <laughs> that's mean. Oh, no, that's no, that's, mean. I'm exaggerating. Well, it's, for it's effect. almost true. I'm, but, I'm exaggerating for effect. But, so it's rare. Let's just say. But I mean, when I when I first heard Anna, and I I totally got blew away by like how you know talented and how beautiful. Uh, beautifully you played the the violin, which is such a very hard instrument to play. And to a lot of people that play violins are always out of tune most of the time, right? I mean, ninety percent that I come across, even even the like the one the top one in Thailand, you you listen to them and you don't you get you get a little bit stuck by that, you know, just, just for me. I mean, some people doesn't care about that, but when I heard Anna, I feel like, wow, you know, the basics is there. Everything is just like, you know, you're so creative and especially like, um, I have a favorite of your song, Sen. Mm. It's, it's, I mean, the first time I heard it, I was driving, I think it was like five o'clock in the morning <laughs> at that meeting. We, we, we saw each other and I listened to your music mm. and I drove, and I was like, wow, this is, this is like, I thought I couldn't be blown away by 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 music anymore, but her music d- really does. So, you know, kudos. Thank you for makes, making good music, Anna. Yay. <laughs> well, do, uh, do you play any other instruments? Was it? Um... Um, I play the viola, but that's kind of similar. I don't know if that counts, <laughs> but it's it's a different instrument, sure. technically, yeah. I mean, um, you, uh, but for you, it's like clear. The clear decision is uh, this bowed stringed instrument, violin, viola. Yeah, yeah. It's I guess because that's what I've been doing for like the longest time. I also play the piano like a little bit. I mean, I I started learning it when I was like maybe also a kid, but a little bit older. Um, but it's not something that I perform or like ever want to perform <laughs> well, uh, do you use piano to compose at all or, yeah, uh, yeah yeah i use it for com- composing or like uh, laying down ideas and like harmonizing things it's i think it's good to have like that kind of um, a different kind of instrument that gives you harmony uh, whereas violin is more for like melody it's it is interesting like because you know I, I mean i play saxophone but yeah even though i don't play piano at all i noticed that you can kind of still work through the same harmonic ideas on a piano even when you don't play the instrument twi- three, four, or five times faster than on a saxophone mm, because, mm. yeah, you just have all those notes, you, you know, you can press. Mm. Um. Man, I have so many questions to ask you, Anna. I mean, I mean, you start playing violin since the age of six and seven, right? Mm. So, and now you're like, if, if I may guess, is you're, you're 29, right? Yeah. So, You've been playing music for quite some time. Yeah. Maybe 23 years? 20 Something like that, yeah. That's, that's a long time. Have you ever wanted to do something else? Why are you still doing music? It's fun. <laughs> that's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. So it's fun. That's yeah. it. Well, um, I've tried other things. Like I, I've mm. tried teaching English, right? What? Um, really? Yeah. Like when I when I came here uh, in the beginning, I came here during COVID. Right. And um, and I, I I started teaching English, 
like that was my main job right when mm. i when i moved here and i took like a teaching course before i came here like with a plan that oh, i was gonna go I here oh, to okay. teach english and because like i think when i when i moved like before i moved here i wasn't sure that if music was the thing like if if that was i don't know the the future for me really? uh, yeah yeah actually wow um, after 23 years of playing kind of um yeah and because i don't know it's it was a it was a tough time i suppose and we would call with and everything and i think i'd i given like a, a bad performance so like i was uh, practicing and felt like i wasn't progressing um wow. and and so i was like well maybe i should try something else and so yeah i wanted like a change and that's also like why i came here um and so i tried to well, I started to teach English and yeah, just to see what that's like. I was, mm. uh, I've always been interested in, in that, in, in the idea of like teaching English as a, as a foreign language in another country. Oh, mm. wow. I've always been very into languages, like since I was very young. I've always loved languages. That was like usually my, my favorite thing at school, actually, besides music. Language was always like the, the thing that I was good at. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's surprise. Well, I'm not surprised that that you you would like language more because I mean, obviously you you read right. Mm. So, but what I'm curious about is like before COVID. So that that thing, that stage that that happened, that makes you question about like if if music was still a thing or not. Was it right around COVID or just before? I think it was during COVID. During COVID, yeah. Wow. That's probably not uncommon. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot yeah. of musicians were questioning that at that yeah. time. Exactly. But then there's like, as you were like just alluding to just now, there's tons of reasons why a musician, a musician could question themselves. Like I read something the other day, I couldn't believe uh, Oscar Peterson stopped playing piano for three months when he realized what Art Tatum had done. You know, Oscar Peterson is, one, is known as one of the most prodigious talents mm. to ever play the piano. Yeah. But even he, when he heard Art Tatum, thought, how can I ever achieve that? You know, so, and I know there, there are other stories, like uh, I have my uncle, my uncle was a musician, he played saxophone, he played um, accordion, I think he, uh, but he said when he was young, he was a drummer and, uh, in Northern England and Buddy Rich came through on tour and when he heard Buddy Rich, he said he just couldn't play the drums anymore, <laughs> he quit. <laughs> what that happens, man? I, I, I think at every musician stage, you, you, you come upon that, Right. That that feeling. Well, I, I had a couple of, of times that I, I felt like, man, maybe I should stop doing it because somebody already done something that I wanted to do. But then, it's I think it's a test. If you can mm -hmm. get through that, you find your own way. You well, know? also we talked about this. Uh, like we had a, I was drunk. I'm not saying you were drunk, but we had a, a, a half drunken conversation. The half drunk being me. Uh, like and we talked about many things. You know, like why. Um, yeah, comparing yourself to other musicians and mm -hmm. like being able to enjoying music, even if uh, I, I think we like we reference like classical musicians. Yeah, we, that's an interesting one because uh, I, I think you were telling me that like classical musicians, it's very easy to for them to um, yeah not be able to relax until because they've just got this attainment. It's very clear that you have to be able to play at certain at a certain level, and mm -hmm. it's very clear to them who's got the best technique, etc. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, am I remembering correctly, roughly? Um, yeah, and I think like with with classical music, it's like um, 
you have you have the notes and there are so many amazing like perfect recordings of that piece mm. that you that you also play you know mm. and so i i think you know sometimes the pressure is on you know when when you know that everyone like no not everyone but a lot of people before you have already you know played that very piece mm. perfectly like in a amazingly and like there is no way that you could ever you know um play it uh even close to as good as them you know sometimes that that puts some pressure on on it yeah. so so you have a classical background but do you consider yourself a classical musician or do, or do you consider that you have a genre or not or not necessarily uh, not really yeah hmm. i think it's better not to i mean for you but yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I I think you're the you're the first classical violinist. I mean, even though you don't you don't consider yourself so, but I mean that that came on the podcast, and I feel like that 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 topic that you just uh, talked about just a moment ago is it is it a big topic? I mean, do you do you have friends that that wants to do like classical recordings that? you know, want to achieve that, that standard, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. But for you, that that topic's kind of like drove you into a different path? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because like, I've, I don't know, I guess I have awareness, I suppose, mm. of uh, where I'm at and, you know, people around me and you know, my, my place in the world. I don't think that I'm the greatest violinist ever and I don't think I'll ever be even near to, to that or even close to the level of a lot of people around me or that I've, I've met, you know, through mm. my journey. Um, and like uh, studying at conservatoire, for example, and I also studied in Austria for a while and, you know, the, the level of the students there, it's, it's like... <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's very high, and yeah. you know, it made me realize that wow, there there are you know people that my age, younger than me as well, that their level is so much higher, mm. and it made me really think like, um, like what what do I have to offer, mm. you know, in in this world of music where everyone is you know there are so many amazingly talented people around me, mm. what do, what can I offer, you know. And so I'm trying, I was trying to find something that's unique about me that I can offer that no one else can. Mm. That's important. I think that's an important statement. But I mean, have you ever considered yourself like when you, when you were at that conserv- uh, conservatory, especially in Austria, that you got in, you know? I mean, there's a high competition in, in the conservatory, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel pressure or you feel motivated by that? Both. Both. Mm-hmm. How much do you think like the mentality of being, you know, in that state, you know, how, how much important does it have to, you know, to, to come out, you know, to produce... I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying either. <laughs> I mean, it's just like my my sentence in my head are just like jumping all over because what I'm saying is like, like, 
how much important is the mentality of like studying in in those kind of places, to or you know, just you know what I'm trying to say? Because um, there's a lot of like competition, right? Some people feel like, oh man, this is so demotivating. Why am I here? Right. And you have this like imposter uh, syndrome going on. Like, why am I here? I can't be better than those guys. And you just, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that. I think mm. most people have uh, like a, a fraction of that, those thoughts um, at some point. Um, but I think I think it's a good thing that to to um, to be put in a place where you can compare yourself to other people. It gives you a better idea of where you're at and where you could be. Mm. And and I think it's important to. To have that motivation to push yourself, or <laughs> have someone that pushes you, mm. uh, if that's a, a mentor, or a teacher, or or friends, mm. um, peers, yeah, I think I think that's important, and you know that's you know having that has pushed me as well mm. to try and be better, and to you know you can talk to other people about it, and you know exchange ideas, and I think that's that's been an important part of you know learning music and learning mm. to be. A, a better musician and a performer. Well, the reason I'm getting into this a little bit because I don't think a lot of people in or the audience that that are listening to this uh, podcast uh, understand, you know, of people who goes to a conservatory like you did, which is pretty high level. So I just want to get more into the insights of like, how's your peer? Is there Is there like a really uh, dangerous competition where somebody is jealous of each other, or is it a communal thing that you you know try to uplift other people that are surround you, or they just try to you know degrade you, or you know being a, a jackass at you? You know, I think that um, it can be different in different places. Mm. In my personal experience, it's. It's not been like about being jealous of other people. Mm. I don't know, maybe because I'm not a jealous person, or right. I didn't notice. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but in my experience, that's that's not um, been a thing for me. Um, and um, I find actually that musicians are nice people, <laughs> mm. and um, yeah, and a lot of the time, you know, people try and you you make friends with the people around you, and you try and. You know, support each other and lift each other up and talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah, mm. and because uh, you're kind of all in in the same boat, really. Yeah, oh, that's 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 nice to hear, because you know when I heard some story from my friends, you know, in Thailand or other parts, like you know when we were in America, and um. There's there's a lot of racism there, right? So even even I got experience to that in 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 the uh, in the ensemble thing, but I mean it it, it kind of pushed you a little bit to have like you know it's like a lapnong, you know what what I don't know what's a lapnong in lapnong lapnong 
in uh, to take care of the no no rub nong is pretty, I don't know. pretty Actually, bad I think I don't. it's really it's like oh, okay okay like hazing you mean yeah like you welcome a new guy and by testing him and kind of like that you know just like oh why is this guy in this ensemble just looking you from head to toes you know like i mean you you haven't even heard me playing then already you experience like racism because one you're asian and you're in america you know and it's just weird but it's fun mm-hmm. but i was just curious like in the conserv- uh, your conservatory has that thing going on or not oh no not in not in my experience oh, that's great maybe i've just been hear. lucky i don't know <laughs> no i don't I, i mean not not every place like you know It's like America, I guess, but but it's nice to hear that you know in in the high level conservatory you don't you don't waste time on that. Yeah, I think that um, at some point, like on a higher level, like if you know that you're that you're you're a good musician, mm-hmm. you know why would you need to like. I don't know why would you need to fight with others? Why would you need to put anyone down? You know, mm. I think that kind of comes from a, a sense of uh, insecurity. Mm. Um, and but if you're secure in yourself, if you believe in yourself, if you're like um, have already confidence in your own ability, then why would you need to, um, you know, be rude to others? Mm. Um, switching it a little bit. I, I mean, what have been, what have been the uh, The things that have inspired you most, your ex- musical experiences uh, that have expi- inspired you most. Let's say I don't know concerts that you got, performances that you got a chance to see, um, in across any genre. Let's just say like totally uh, across any kind of music. Um, I think I got experience. I'm, I mean, sorry, inspiration from a lot of different places. Um, uh, I think. Actually, a lot of it was from playing computer games when I was a teenager. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That, that's another link with uh, Ryoichi Sakamoto because he did computer <laughs> game music. Right. Interesting. <laughs> so, so yeah, I remember because yeah, I used to play games as a kid. I don't play like computer games much anymore. But yeah, the songs are um, they get into your head because. Um, hmm. But that, but you must have some. You must like you must have seen some performances that. Uh, Made you like, f- like inspire you as a musician. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like because I, for me myself, there uh, I had some experiences where, um, let's just say that just being in the presence of a of a musician, even if they weren't as great as a, as a musician that I heard from a CD, there's something just extra about that experience. Hmm. You know, being hmm. in the presence of a, a musician doing their thing, but and really moving. Uh, putting everything into it, you know, their whole spirit into it, and then receiving that as part of the audience. So the, those that are sometimes that really uh, changed me as a as a musician or an aspiring musician. And and sometimes it was uh, actually standing on stage next to a much greater musician than myself. Like I have these moments where someone next to me, uh, in my case, a saxophone player, let's say, just made a sound, and I'm like, wow, a saxophone could do that, you know. And that made me kind of like fight to to approach that sound in some way, mm. not in a competitive way, you know, but just a wow. That's uh, that as an example, you know. Did did you have some moments like that, if you can remember? Um, I think I've been really lucky to 
have seen a lot of concerts. So too many to mention yeah. almost, okay. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of concerts. Right. Like, um, yeah, which is, which is great, which is amazing. Mm. And I've seen a lot of great performers and some of my, you know, favorite artists as well. And all of which were really, really inspiring, um, really like amazing to, to see and hear and experience live. Yeah, and like um, both like within classical music, um, like I've seen some incredible violinists like Hilary Hahn, Maxim mm. van Gerov, um, yeah, and uh, but also like um, some more indie artists that I that I personally like, like uh, Kichibashi, for example. I saw him live mm. in Manchester, and Zoe Keating, who is a a cellist, Canadian cellist, who does like live looping, wow. kind of similar to what I do. Um, yeah, or Hauska, who is like a pianist, who does like um, post classical piano, but also like experimental mm -hmm. uh, prepared piano. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah, and it, it's been really interesting seeing different kinds of different kinds of performers um, doing their thing, really, and. Yeah. Uh, so no, okay. So you're mentioning like uh, some musicians who do uh, looping. So then, what was it? Where did it come from? Your um, desire to make the kind of music that you make. Oh, uh, you know, with, uh, like yeah, you you basically okay, you play a violin, but you also do use some effects, some computer sounds, some what do you what would you call it? MIDI MIDI sounds and looping as well. Yeah, um, that was mostly a, a desire to. Jam with myself. Okay, jam with yourself. Well, looping is usually start with jamming yourself. <laughs> yeah, LJ is like lost now. He's like doesn't know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, not lost. I'm not no, lost. No, I, don't, I don't mean I'm, in that sense. I mean I'm, I'm straining, <laughs> straining to straining myself, restraining. <laughs> You're restraining yourself. No, because I really think like Anna has so many in, interesting perspective and. Maybe some you know uh, information that could help the the younger generation or the, uh, any musicians who wants to play to understand you know how to get to a, a high level where you are, Anna. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, I'm trying uh, to keep the dick jokes out. Of this, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so I was I'm noticing that uh, in your live performances, I mean, you're playing your songs, and that, but I noticed from your like recorded music as well. You seem your music seems to be like really influenced by uh, nature. Yeah, mm. natural world. Is there a particular reason for that? I don't know. I mean, why not? Eh? <laughs> what, what else to be influenced by? Right. But, um, yeah, I think um, maybe I think I think a lot of Swedish people write about nature. Yeah, um, that is Scan true. Scandinavian people in general. Um, we like nature a lot mm. where, I don't know, even though I grew up in Stockholm, which is like the capital city, I feel like I've always been kind of close to nature in a way, like uh, never far from nature. And, and like from a young age, we learned to be, to take care of nature, you know, the mm. environment around us. And 
Actually, I recently came through Helsinki Airport. I might have mentioned this in a previous episode, I'm not sure, but in Helsinki Airport, they have this huge display, 360 display of yeah. all the seasons. With, yeah, with, like, I saw it when I went, when I yeah. went there it's last really year. It's really beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. But the surround it. sound, surround cinema. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like really a very, sound in installation. It's very cool. Oh, wow. Mm. Oh. And it is just a pure ode to nature, isn't it? The yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I think nature. for some reason in in the Nordic countries we we love nature. Mm. Yeah, cool. So nice to 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 have that. You know, I feel like in Thailand we don't we don't appreciate nature as much as we should. Even though Thai people love nature, you know, by by heart. But it's just like I don't know why don't we have that kind of thing here? You know, to to let people get more into nature. I think. Mm. Um, something to to think about. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've, I wonder. Maybe, maybe it's, I mean, you know, it's not very far in time since uh, most Thai people were farmers, right? So maybe there's still like a, a lot of association with uh, land and the countryside with hard, hard work. I have no idea. It's hard for me to like think about. But, but I, you know, just the trend... Uh, Thailand has been going through that transition of um, rural to urban mm. living. Mm. So there's a right. strong migration still going on right now to, yeah. the, city, to the cities, to yeah. urban living. And uh, usually, like for example, England was the first country in the world, like, more or less, let's just say, to experience the, the Industrial Revolution. Mm. So that happened in England such a long time ago, mm. the, the population moving from the countryside. And if anything, like we have the reverse movement now you right. know in england it's a movement out of the cities into the countryside so maybe it's to do with this just phase of development of well, i guess westerners are like that right i mean we, we talk about that like two years ago when covid started and we mm -hmm. talk like how how people are changing right. and they are like mm -hmm. people want to be farmer more they want to move out from the cities you know get in touch with nature more which is kind of opposite here. Well, I think countries, different countries are different though, because in Europe, mm. uh, it's not the same in every country. Like mm. in, Fran in France, Italy, Spain, there's still um, people are still leaving the countryside. Mm. So mm. I'm not sure if it's the same in every country. Uh, yeah. my, I, 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 there's I a lot of factors, so. yeah, maybe a play there. Mm. But uh, Scandinavia, I suppose, those are fairly big countries with uh, not big, not super big populations. So yeah. nature is maybe quite pristine. It, yeah, exactly. We have more nature than we have people, really. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But to be honest, I mean, I, I, I knew that Swedish artists, especially musicians that I, I listen to, are very involved, you know, involved in uh, natures and yeah. especially folk music in uh, Sweden are very interesting, man. I mean, one of my favorite guys, like uh, the, the tallest man on earth, he's from Sweden, right? So... I mean, that guy, you know, has his own studio and, you know, played a acoustic. Like, you don't, you didn't think it was, he was uh, Swedish, you know? Um, yeah. But anyway, just, just uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, where have, uh, so, let's see. You, uh, where have you lived in Thailand apart from Chiang Mai? Only in Chiang Mai. Oh, you've only lived in Chiang Mai? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. So, so, one side of your family, or you found, when, how, so when did you spend time here? Let's say, um, how many times so during your life? I've come here several times since I was uh, a baby, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I used to come here maybe every two years. 
for like a month to to see my relatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Chiang Mai, in Sampatong. <laughs> How did you feel about the difference between Thailand and Scandinavia when you were really when you were young? I didn't think much about it. Yeah, Except no, okay, that it was you don't hot. think about it, but like, <laughs> did you, like your general feeling, like you liked it, or it's oh, boring going to Thailand again, or I, I don't know, because I have uh, friends, you know, that I used to live with in Chiang Mai, and now they live in uh, the states or somewhere else, and they bring their kids here, and their kids just look, look really bored by. Oh, uh, it depends. I mean, th- I think it really depends on the family, maybe, but, but um, yeah, I'm just curious if you actually. Okay, you didn't think about it, but did you like it when you came here when you were young? Yeah, yeah. I, I always liked it because okay. oh, cool. because nice. I have a, a big family and mm. I have a lot of um, like uh, I guess second cousins um, that are my age, and we we get along really well. And so mm. every time that That's we fun. came here, I'd have a lot of you know friends and you know uh, to play with. It was fun. my age, so yeah, it was really fun. I mean, sometimes when I see Anna, I don't even think you're Swedish, you know. Because I don't know, I feel like you're so Thai to me. Because the way she, you know, she can speak Thai fluently, better than me in some cases. <laughs> really, and you know, it's so. I, sometimes I don't consider you know you're an you're an outsider at all. Do you feel so? Ne- I mean, even she has a what? Um, you have a ID card, Thai ID card. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have an ID card, Paul. <laughs> no, that's true. But, uh, <laughs> thanks. Thank, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> well, at least you have a Thai wife. It's okay. I have, what do I have? I have a, I have a Thai health card. Okay. I have something. That's, that is Nothing. something. Got a visa? <laughs> <laughs> well, get, get more into that a little bit. about. Okay. So, um, the difference of being in Sweden and Thailand... Okay, so what my question is, you know, you you worked um, musically in in Europe, basically. Yeah. So you toured in Europe and also in Thailand, actually. No, I don't know. <laughs> would you call it tour- well? Would you call it touring, or were you just based in the city and you played? I mean, maybe you wouldn't call it touring or something. What you did in Europe, or did you actually tour? Um, I. I guess you could call it like a mini tour, but really, a it's, mini it's tour? like yeah, it's it's not like a, really like a, I don't know, it's not like a sponsored thing or anything. It's like it's just I I just I want to go and play in this and this and this place, and so I go and play there. You turn up it's and then me. hey, I'm on tour. <laughs> I mean, she's no, this is so Anna. She's downplaying this thing because you know when I first I don't know I forgot like when we we first um, met it's each other. I think it was in 2022. No. No. It has to be like at the end of 2021. But I remember at the beginning of 2022, just before like around March or April, you went to uh, Germany or something. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So you toured in Germany with your music. You play in like, she played in this like in the chamber and in the hall in the church and all those kind of interesting venue. Right? Yeah. Um, I think I think I only played in, in one place in, in Germany. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but but yeah, you tour other countries too? I, I played a bit in, in the UK as well. Okay. Yeah, because I was going anyway. So why not? Well, I, that's, that's not something to be taken lightly. What I'm trying to get at it here is like, okay, you see that 
you must have seen like the different aspect of the industry in Europe and in Thailand. Have you not? I don't know. Ah, you don't see any difference. Oh, a difference between like uh, yeah. the industry. Yeah, the industry in. in I think I'm I'm not yet that familiar with the Thai industry, to be honest. But you're so involved with with the Thai indie scene. That's part of the industry already, you know. I guess. How's your How's your own music published? Do you, uh, I self release. Self release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very much DIY. Yeah. Have you ever considered going to labels? Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. It's the if you're going to a label, you gotta like really like the label, and the label has gotta really like you. So mm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not see. always an easy match. Right. I mean, ha- how much have you learned about the industry through your life? Mm, not as much as I should. Hmm. So you, you haven't really been fucked by the industry. No. LJ can lend you a book. He's 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 got the he's got the book on how how not to get fucked by the industry. What's it called? That book again? You t- we talked about. This is like all all you need to know about the music industry. Yeah, about okay. the music business. Yeah. No, but I'm curious because I mean, to me, Anna considered to be a, a successful musician because she hasn't been fucked yet, you know, by the industry. So, I mean, a lot of people would just start out and already, you know you know, waste maybe like five years of their, you know, rookie career in music. But from what I understand, you you played in, you know, with orchestra, right? And with you play with other musicians, you involve so many uh, projects. I mean, I can name her projects just in Thailand alone. I think about like maybe at least three you're part of. Yeah, please, your own stuff. I don't know what the other, well, you play with... um. I don't know other bands in Anoike mm. too, right? Mm. So that's at least three already, and now you have other things. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> <laughs> but what I know what she's doing is she's busy, <laughs> and to be a musician and busy, that's a that's a successful stuff, you know. For me, anyway. Yeah. So your answer is you don't find thing difference between uh, Europe and Thailand the way they tour or anything. I think um, I can say like from my own experience, I can't speak for the general industry. I understand. Mm. Um, For me, it's, I found that here, at least in Chiang Mai, um, it's, there's a lot more jazz. There's a a lot more jazz. There's a more jazz. More jazz. More jazz. And that's um, something I had to learn when I came here. Because, um, yeah, and I, I never really played jazz before. Mm. and But I wanted to play with other people. Mm. Um, and so I had to learn jazz. And yeah, so now I play jazz. <laughs> oh, that's, that's surprisingly happy to hear. But you were in Birmingham. Birmingham has a jazz scene. It does, yeah. Did you, did you get to hear any of that? I I did, I did, yeah. But not as much as here. Mm. I say like, maybe it's more varied there's mm. a more variety in Birmingham. There's a, there is a jazz scene for sure, but like well, um, Birmingham is a pretty big city. Yeah, and yeah. there's there's other things too. There's a lot more like experimental stuff going on as well. I and see. 
like uh, soul and uh, I don't know like classical mm. and you know there's a lot of different things mm. so it there wasn't really uh, a case of like I have to learn jazz in order to play with other people right. <laughs> yeah whereas that it felt kind of that way when I came here um, yeah and so so I did learn jazz and yeah, so that mm. I can play with people. <laughs> well, that's so surprising to hear for, for me, you know, that you... But we we did intend, like, Chiang Mai to have, like, a more free spirit and more experimental and, I don't know, in, in trying to be a creative city, you know, for so for some time now, when 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 we started that movement in maybe 18 years ago, when we started, like, there was no jazz scene happening in Chiang Mai. To hear you saying it now that you have like you experience more jazz uh, awareness or you know experience here in Chiang Mai more than in Europe or in Birmingham, it's just interesting to hear. You know, it feels like we're we're on the right path for some reason, Paul. Uh huh. <laughs> what do you mean as a city, or what do you mean? Well, as a city, of course. Mm-hmm. Well. I'm speaking on the behalf because nobody seems to fucking care. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice to hear that. Uh, are you? Uh, would you describe yourself as a gearhead? Are you into the equipment? Like first, I mean, first of all, are you into violins as a you know as what am I trying to say? The instrument, the, you know, the instrument production. Mm-hmm. Are you? Are you into? Would you like to own a Stradivarius, for example? Oh, no, no, no! I wouldn't because I'd be I'd be so scared that I would you know damage it or lose it or get it stolen or you know right, yeah, get any right. kind of scratch <laughs> on it. Sounds like a hassle, doesn't I, it? Yeah, yeah like <laughs> I don't know. I I'd be too like I'd be too scared to to touch it to play. I, I know I'd like to play it, mm-hmm. but maybe like locked inside a room like safely but I, I wouldn't like dare to take it out or mm. like do gigs or anything with it I'll be way too scared to do that so what yeah. is your I know nothing about violence uh, you've ex- that's exhausted my knowledge of violin makers right there <laughs> so, so tell me what is your violin uh, my violin is a German violin uh, by Adolf Romer yeah okay um, from early 20th century Okay, so yeah. it's an old instrument. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, yeah, I only had, like, I have one friend, uh, Joe, a bass player, Joey Joel Lecter. He told me, uh, he knows a lot about the history of uh, violin makers and um, cello makers, bass makers. Uh, so, I mean, it's a European. Tra- so, where, where, are the, um, where are the best makers from usually? Italy, Germany, Austria, these kind of places? Um, yeah, usually Italy. Oh, okay. Cremona. Do you know there's a uh, half Thai, half Italian uh, violinist maker in Chiang Rai? I think I've heard someone mention it. Oh, okay. Uh, I think his name is Nati. Mm-hmm. And he's, it's very interesting how he devoted his life mm-hmm. to just making violin, really. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have a chance, of, you know, we can go to Chiang Rai together and see Nati. That'd be great. Try out his uh, violin. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah, I like trying violins. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. We can do a depth charge, uh, you know, on the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about your other equipment? Like, are you 
super mm. into this. Are you super into learning about new gear, new I do uh, like, synthesizers? I do like modules gear. Um, I think I'm, I'm not maybe as nerdy as many other people. I don't know <laughs> everything about gear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think my knowledge is very limited. But it's, yeah, I find it very interesting. Yeah. Have you ever considered yourself sort of, uh, a purist? Hmm? Purist? Yeah. What's a purist? Well, In this context. Well, it's, it's, the word is from Paul. What's a purist? <laughs> We're asking a philosopher That's to a, describe what a purist is. Well, okay, so you might, so, I mean, I'll just, just give an example. You might, you probably would call like a, someone like Keith Jarrett a purist because he, he sort of uh, is dev- devoted his career to the piano. At some point he started playing electric piano with Miles Davis, but he, he decided that he just wanted to devo- devote himself to acoustic, mm. acoustic piano and, uh, and play. But I, I don't, what is a purist? A purist might be also someone who, uh, I don't know, thinks, 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 should, thinks things should be just one way, mm. maybe. I'm not sure. That sounds like too rigid. I don't know what a purist is. No, I get it, but like in in this context. Yeah. What well, what is the question? Sorry. Well, exactly. I've lost. I forgot what the question was. Are you? Are you? I think he asked. Are you a purist? So that means. Maybe, I mean, before uh, before you become a gearhead, but like, have, you know, were you a purist before you interested in artists like gears and effects or looping? I don't think I've ever been a purist in any way. Mm. So you don't like, like for you, uh, there's no problems at all combining acoustic, electronic stuff. No, I think that's super interesting. You know, electroacoustic stuff. That's you know where magic happens. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, new. I mean, new sounds are just an interesting thing in themselves, isn't it? You know, like a for just just for example, you know, you hear a if you hear an instrument on a recording, and you're like. What is that? Is that a bassoon or something? You know, wait, yeah. something comes out of the blue, a sound, and you wonder what it is. Or, uh, hmm. And yeah, right, like electronics give you, there's just this ability to produce these uh, incredible range of uh, ex- experiences in sound, yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm curious, like, what is your philosophy, Anna, when, when you're playing or when you're composing? Uh, my philosophy. Yeah, what goes through your mind? What is the, your the core of like your your being when you play? How you approach it? When I play or when I compose? Both. Both. Um, I think I want to find a kind of expression. I think, especially when I'm performing, I want to find the. I I want to find like a. A kind of, I don't know, meaningful expression, hmm. like um, in my playing. I think I, yeah, I, I realized that more, um, like lately. I think that you know, when when you when you perform, it's not just playing. It's you're you're not practicing anymore. It's like you're right. trying to communicate, like something to the people listening mm. you know even if they don't understand and even if they don't care you, know? mm. <laughs> you want to like yeah you want to project what you're feeling in that moment I think mm. yeah but when I when I'm composing I also want to find um, 
yeah, find find a feeling, find an emotion, and put that into music. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. If that makes sense. How much of the uh, audience feedback means to you? I think yeah, it means a lot, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I. I think I I can send kind of like um, I like when I can get a when I can sense something like sense a response or something mm. from from the audience. I think I think because like when when you're performing, it's like a communication is not just one way, right? There's two ways. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and so. When you get when you get the when you're trying to say something and and you get a response, mm. yeah, you get some kind of feedback. Then you know that that fuels the conversation, right? And yeah, so it's it's kind of the same when when you're performing. Really. So what do you look for? Huh? What what kind of reaction that you usually get that that trigger that? Um, I think. I I get a sense like from like in in the atmosphere in, mm-hmm. in the room, uh, if that makes sense. Like yeah, because yeah, like like the sense of um, the atmosphere in the room. Usually it's like um, the a kind of silence, you know, in in the room mm-hmm. that you can, <laughs> you can feel the silence. If that if that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes when I play like quiet stuff. Yeah. And and you and and you know I I kind of like pause and then it's like this this dead silence and and yeah and you can kind of feel attention, yeah, yeah you can literally like feel that everyone's mm. just kind of like holding their breath in that moment I think that's that's really cool yeah yeah um, I I can vouch for that because I I experienced that when I and when I listened to Anna once. Well, not once, <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, you 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 do have that sense of like communication going on with with the audience for sure. Even though some of the songs are not are not improvised, and some of the songs are improvised, mm. right? So I'm 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 very curious about that. What you just what you just uh, described, actually. So what will you do if it doesn't happen? If it doesn't trigger? Just carry on. Ah. Yeah, and and it's like if if they if they don't like it, like that's that's fine, you know. <laughs> it's, they don't have to like it. It's mm. not. I'm not gonna force it. Mm. Um, everyone has their own taste, right? How do you um, feel about it? Do you feel bad about it, or do you feel no? It's like it's it's fine, you know. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I, I don't expect everyone to like my music. I don't like everyone's music either. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, and and if that happens, if I feel like, oh, maybe maybe they don't like this, I don't know, or or I don't get that kind of that same kind of feedback that Mm. that I I sometimes want, um, then you know, if then in that case, I'm like, well, then I'm just gonna play because I like to because I enjoy it, and I play like more. I feel like I'm playing more for myself. If if I feel like. Um, the audience are not into it, then mm. I try and I play for myself, mm. and you know I kind of like get into my own world, which which I do anyway when I play. I get into my own world, and I like not here anymore. <laughs> right. um, yeah, so that can happen too. I mean, you do like uh, yeah, you can communicate with your uh, you, what you were talking about, expressing something, communicating something. I mean, you can do that with yourself, and mm. you sometimes feel just within yourself. 
I'm not saying anything to myself at all. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Are uh, uh, the opposite, which is yeah, that's ah, uh, that's really interesting. That's uh, and it could be uh, yeah to the audience or to yourself. It's mm. yeah, I like that idea. Um, uh, are you like? Do you have like a? You know, when you're talking about the energy, the silence, the uh, the tension that you can feel, do you, are you a spiritual person? Not really. Hmm. But what is your view on on like energy wise? I mean, I mean, sometimes I, I I know like some people that that can feel the vibration and things are not really doesn't have to always be spiritual thing. But is it like how how much? Um, Care do you put into the energy and the vibration that you you felt in you know the atmosphere of your playing? I do care about the the atmosphere and the energy in the room. Do you do you like do you give out the same thing? I mean, when you play, do you give out like that sense of energy? Like you concentrate on that. You know, I mean, not just the conversation that you just said. I mean, when you play, do you like give out that energy? Yeah. Hmm. And you expect that energy back? I don't expect anything back. <laughs> <laughs> But, it But it's good to have a trigger of like um, of tensions and you know reaction from from the audience. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, what throws you off when you play? Um. I guess if if someone's just I don't know like talking, mm. yeah, or I don't know. How you yeah. deal with that? Because many time I go to the concert, there is always hecklers, you know. Mm. Well, not hecklers, but, but people ignoring what is going on. Yeah, yeah. But they're in the same mm. asshole genre to me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but how how do you feel about that? How do you, how how do you how do you you know get through that? Yeah, I think you know it. It's different in different venues. So in some venues, like they play, like some people talk. You know, they they come not necessarily for the music. Hmm. Um, um, yeah, I think in that case, that that's when when I do like what I said. When I feel like, well, I'm just gonna play for myself then. You know, if they if they don't if they don't if they're not into it, then you know at least I'm into it. <laughs> mm. did, did you notice any difference between uh, Europe and Thailand? Uh, any places in Europe and Thailand um, about like the times available for a musical performance? Like in in Europe, are there more? For, just just for example, I don't know if this is true, but are there more opportunities to play like in the daytime or afternoon than here? Because your music, I mean. The venue is probably the most important thing, but um, you know, in Chiang Mai, right, most music's being played in in bars, and if it's late at night, people could be drunk. Mm -hmm. And your music, even though it's a combination of electronic and acoustic, you know, some of it's still quite still, pe peaceful, mm -hmm. meditative, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Nature-inspired uh, music, and uh, I, you know, I saw late at night. I mean, it really is kind of amazing that you can play at ten o'clock at night when people have been drinking and. Like you say, it still does often happen that the audience has that stillness when mm. you finish a song or in, when you pause in a song, this kind mm. of thing. But it's quite amazing that that could be the case because it could easily not be, mm. if, given the circumstance, you know, of being in a, in a bar uh, late at night. Mm. So back to my original question: Yeah, did, uh, 
Um, would you like there to be more opportunities to play in the in the daytime? Do you care about that? Um, I've not really thought about it because I, I usually work in the daytime. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, true that. Well, how about in Europe? Did you ever sort of like notice that? Mm, there were afternoon concerts. Um, I think yeah, I've seen like lunchtime concerts sort of thing. Um, yeah, but that's more like um, usually like in a classical context. Right. That's mm -hmm. quite common yeah. to have lunchtime concerts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose here it's kind of it's hot in the daytime as well. Maybe that makes a difference. Although there's, you know, never mind. I won't get into the shopping mall thing. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Mm. I mean, um, I don't know if it's, I haven't checked it out, but like a few years ago, it was before COVID. There was like quite a few places, cafes, like some of the bigger cafes would have like afternoon music, right? Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It just, yeah, it, it died down. Yeah, it seemed to not come back yet. Not yet. But I mean, for anime music, I mean, it's, it's timeless, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and that's a high praise for me. A music that is timeless is i mean you can you can play it any time you want, you know, and I don't know it's, it depends, but I do think like Chiang Mai needs to have like a venue that can you know suitably you know for for artists like Anna to be able to play you know like a concert venue that i I think would you know that would be amazing would you like to do something with projection like imagine if you, if you could take that uh that 360 cinema out of Helsinki airport mm. and um, perform with something like that. That would be pretty amazing, huh? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And, and actually, at my, one of my last gigs uh, earlier this week, I did a gig at, with uh, music from Musicmatic mm -hmm. um, at Simply Happy Cafe. And Simona, she had done like uh, visuals mm. um, and she was projecting it like onto the tree behind yeah, me. Yeah, I saw a little bit yeah. of that. That's, that's interesting. That was very cool. Yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to do more with with the visuals and projection and that kind of stuff. I mm -hmm. think it's very cool. I think it will work really well. I think it's a thing that is so important now that, that musician needs to understand how like concerts are, you know, being more captivating if it involves lights and sounds and, you know, visuals and... Mm. So what's your goal? What's, what's going on? What's, what's, what's your plan? Um, I think my plan is to evolve what I'm doing, um, to write more more music that um, that I feel reflects who I am now, um, and and to work more with the uh, like visual art mm. and with yeah, like we just mentioned, um, yeah, to to have more like. Um, artistic projects I think over the last um, I don't know few months year almost a year um, that I've been playing in Chiang Mai I've mostly been playing everything everywhere um, yeah to get to know people get to know the scene mm. um, to make connections and now that I have um, and I play everything everywhere uh, regularly with everyone mm. <laughs> um Yeah, I want to also focus in on like what I want to do artistically um, with my with my own music. Um, 
Yeah, and that's also why I'm, why I'm quitting my day job uh, oh. so that I actually have time to focus on that. That's, that's a good approach in Chiang Mai. Like in Chiang Mai, you know, yeah, if you spend the time to just play, not, I don't mean to casually is not the word I'm looking for, but, you know, just play, get to know the musicians and yeah. take the opportunities that come along just yeah. naturally, organically to play with them. Then I guess in the future that leads to being able to collaborate in a, a more directed way. You could say, hey, uh, you want to join me on this project or something like that, you know, mm. but it's hard to do that without first... Yeah. Getting to know people, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's cool. This is such a good example of how to to do well what they call networking, I guess, for you know, for people who are curious about that. Just that. makes it sound the whole process sound dirty. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, that's just your opinion, man. I mean, it's a fact, you know. I mean, Anna is such a, I don't know, such a interesting role models for for musicians that you know, you know, try to get into the scene. I mean, mm-hmm. basically, she's not like, oh, here I am and shit like that. I mean, you know, because she has the talent, she has value, and then she presents herself in a way that people can get in touch with her. But she's not like, oh, I want to be this and that and this and that. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the things that you do, and I mean, people come and contact you to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally different process than a guy don't, just don't going get, around juggling. Don't get offended. I was just I'm joking. not getting offended. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's like guys, you know, who just like, with just like, you know, wear an underwear just to be part of the fucking <laughs> band, you know? I'm just, you know, I want to be in the scene, please. Like, get me into the scene. You know, tear his uh, fucking shirt uh, off and shit. I'm, I'm teasing you, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just got a little rough there a little bit. <laughs> it was good. I have to do that more often. <laughs> oh, man. But, but really, I mean, Anna, I mean, I, I, I just love how, how you, you're part of the Chiang Mai scene. It's so fresh to see. First of all, because you're a woman. And I wish more women would be more empowered to be in this fucking, you know, you know, male Funnily enough, shit. I was just, you know, I've been listening to uh, Nora Jones' podcast. It's my mm. favorite. It is my favorite well, podcast at the moment. And she, and she was saying, like, she had a few uh, women musician guests on and, and they were saying, like, it's really started to turn around in, uh, right. in the jazz scene in America, in other mm. scenes where it, like... Apart from singers, it used to be the case that there were very few women in jazz. It, kind of, it seems to be changing now. And right, uh, they right. were just hoping for the same thing, you know, that it would just continue more that way. So, yeah. I mean, in Thailand, they, they do want, like, women to be, like, especially singers. But it's always, always, you know, high with misogyny and sexist, you know? It always has to do with something that is not music. But with Anna, you can't pinpoint... Like, you know, you can't suppress her with, like, you know, for just being beautiful. She has the talent to be where she at. Do, do you think, does, does these kind of thoughts crop up in your mind? Do you, or you just think I'm a musician and I'm doing my thing? Do you think about women in music? Or do you think about it at all? Not a lot. Um, but I, I guess I've, I've noticed it a little bit that, that there aren't many around. Is, that, is, that different? <laughs> is, is it different in Europe? Is that different in Europe? Um, I think no. There, there is a there is a thing in Europe as well where they are trying to like raise awareness about this and like mm. there there's more support f- 
for women actually like there are funds especially for women to create music there are you know yeah music labels who focus specifically on women creators and mm-hmm. um, that have also been part of um yeah and so i think there's just generally much more awareness of the facts and that they are trying to do something about it um well, whereas here it's like oh yeah there aren't many women around and yeah shame kind of mm. Mm. yeah but i think yeah also with more awareness it's like um i think in the new generation there's i think um i hope anyway that there's going to be a change mm. yeah and like you see more these days like more like female drummers for example mm. yeah female bassists and you know like an yeah, instrument style very male dom- dominated yeah, in general yeah, yeah. Sure. so you know every time i see that i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah right right you got to have that girl power you know backing that shit up yeah yeah and you but you see that a lot more in like the younger generation mm-hmm. yeah yeah from my generation and like later on mm-hmm. yeah but i think also like uh with being classically trained um i think in the classical world it's very different because mm-hmm. um, there are there are a lot of like um female performers in in classical music like mm-hmm. uh, some True. of my favorite artists are are women right um yeah especially like with an instrument like the violin mm-hmm. there are a lot of female violinists and like cellists and yeah maybe a few years ago we somehow somehow came up on uh on the podcast that um I'd read that basically the European orchestras had been, several of them had um, adopted a blind audition policy because yeah. some sections um, had been like taking very few women in, like for example the brass sections, trombones, trumpets, because it's just, they just, uh, the, what do you call it, the evaluators somehow just assumed that you needed like men's lungs to do these instruments. And yeah. when they switched wow. to blind audition, women were able to get in much more easily. Yeah, exactly. You know. You have to have a blind audition. Yeah, yeah, that's really common. Yeah. Right. yeah. God damn. They, they weren't doing that until fairly recently, I think. Wow. But I think I, it's a good idea. It is a good idea. Other, otherwise prejudices come in, you can't like you It's kind of sad, isn't it? That we have yeah, to resort to that. But, but it's, 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 good. it's so true, right? Mm. Yeah, like what we see, you know, it, it influences us too. It's so it's sad it's for better me to hear though. Yeah, we're never, we're never going to see. We're never going to be aware of all our prejudices, all yeah, our biases. Exactly. It's just impossible that we could be aware of all of them. So mm. we're always going to have some. So uh, these techniques, like a blind wow. audition, why not? I mean, well, yeah. why not? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you don't want a blind audition for a rock band frontman because you need to see them. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, you know what I mean. That that, yeah. that means that makes you need to see that because it's the the performance is part of it. But in an orchestral setting. There's no there's no reason right to uh, right, but I mean, being the guys that had been like through a fucking like prejudice, uh, to, towards you know like, I mean, I remember, but I, I kind of like that sometimes towards me anyway because I feel like it's a challenge for me to to like have a fuck you moment you know like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but it is it is hard it is it is hard for. For for a lot of musicians who who are struggling and yeah, I think yeah, blind audition could you know if you can, I don't know what's kind of make it at the same level you know make a common ground so that you know you're not using the prejudice mm-hmm. so. Hmm. Well, um, that's new to me. I didn't I didn't know that. Oh. I seem to remember we like we talked something about uh, what I'm going to say next. Uh, what 
one night, and it was about like you know the technique and um, technique technique and expression. So like how um, you were saying that you know what you really want to do is be able to express something, something interesting, something that interests you, hopefully interests the audience. Mm. How much does that ability rest on technique, and how much does it come from somewhere else? Do you think? Um, I think you gotta be like technically fluent, right. yeah, in order to express uh, express like what you want to express uh, right. to like uh, on that level. Right. Um, it's like it's like when you're speaking a language, and if you don't have the vocab, how are you gonna express yourself? Or if you, yeah, True. it's it's kind of the same yeah, on on an instrument. If you don't have the vocab, if you don't have the technique, then you, there's a a very big limit on what mm. what you can say. Totally agree. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's it's definitely true. Uh, let me just uh, counter a little a little bit though, because the, you do occasionally meet people who have what you would uh, describe, let's say, as imperfect English or imperfect Thai, but they're oh, really weird. strong communicators because of the other elements of their personality. Maybe they're like, their body language communication is so strong, or, or um, yeah. you know, their emotion, their, uh, the range of tone in their voice, this kind of thing. So mm -hmm. they're, they're, I guess they're, in music there's probably some equivalence to that as well, like other things that you can do to put um, expression into something. I mean, it's just, well, look, okay, so I'm a technically extremely in, in non-proficient musician, but... I notice sometimes that, like in the in the heat of the moment on stage, it's, it's amazing how you find sounds that you didn't even know was in your instrument. You know, never came out in practice, never even once. You know, and all of a sudden you're on stage and you find some new sound. That I mean that, and that happen, That comes from that scene. I don't know where that comes from. Mm. There's a, uh, still you're 100 percent right. You can't get any of that without some basic level of technical proficiency. Uh, so I'm just pushing, I'm just like, uh, not pushing that, but like a little bit trying to explore what else is involved in that ability to express. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's obviously not just about technique. I think there are a lot of like technically fluent uh, instrumentalists, but that maybe lack expression. Mm. So I think like the expression, it also comes from, kind of comes from within somehow, like uh Maybe it comes from confidence. Uh, yeah, confidence, experience, and right. like um, I don't know, a will to express, like the the will, mood, the yeah. emotion that that you have in that moment. That's yeah, that's an interesting one because I remember uh, John Coltrane said about Pharaoh Sanders, who like died just late last year, that uh, he was someone of just extraordinary will. Mm. No, he was in an in he was being interviewed and. In, uh, he was just. He was asking. The interviewer was asking John Coltrane about various musicians, and instead of saying anything about his musicianship, he uh, he just John Coltrane just said of Ferris Sanders, oh, he has someone of extraordinary will, and um, maybe that makes an impact because he he's someone that created new sounds on on his instrument. Mm. You know, maybe and maybe like you say, maybe to to create mm. to find something new. It is an effort of will, maybe, to mm. a degree. Yeah. I think you have to have will, man. I mean, you know, like, I grew up with this model, like, if there's a will, there's a way. You know, and, and I, I met a lot of musicians that, that, that really, that are really hungry, you know. If you're hungry, then you have, a, you have to find a way to eat, you know. And 
That, that's one of the drive, you know, when, when, I, when I see those kind of uh, musicians, I just want to have the same will, you know. I've got, I've got a question. Uh, so, you know, I mainly know about jazz musicians. I know very, very little about um, classical musicians. I'm aware of like a number of composers, but not musicians. Mm. So in, in the history of classical music, outside of the, you know, outside of the actual playing and composing, are there people who had a philosophically important influence in, the, in classical music? Who changed the way people thought, you know? Who... Uh, other than musicians? No, no, they're, they're musicians, but you know what I mean? Uh, what am I trying to get at? There is, you know, in, uh, let's just say in the, in the jazz tradition, there are some people, they just, they changed, they didn't just change the world with their music, but it's what the, how they thought and how they, how they thought about music and what they said about it. Uh, their philosophy, their, their approach, their philosophical approach. Is there something equivalent to this in the classical world? Does, does it make sense, this question? Maybe not. Mm. And, and I, 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 mean, it, I, I, I kind of understand what you mean, actually. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It, it's not... Um, I mean... Punk is... Well, let's get, let's, you can think of other kinds of music. Punk is, um, is very much a philosophy and a music, right? Yeah, mm. sure. Mm. So, in, in that sense, does yeah. it, that happen in, in classical music? In classical music? Um, I feel like... Um, I feel like all of the art forms they kind of go go together in a way mm. with the in a sense of like what's what was happening at in the, the at, in the uh, world at the time right, right, right. you know and that kind of you know the the change through history yeah. and how all of the art forms they you know they right. go together into that kind mm. of movement right yeah yeah so like with the industrial revolution you know that came more like uh, industrial sounds you mm. know into the into the music mm. um, yeah and you know affected by you know for example the post World War Two mm. era for example and you know that that changed you know in the in the way that people thought about music and 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 wrote music created music from there on but I think yeah I think it's not only within music, but also like within visual arts hmm. and uh, and literature as well. I think they all kind of influence each other as well. I totally agree. Yeah, you you can see it. There's evidence that that it goes always goes together. Yeah, I think like for for classical, just to get back to you, Paul. I mean, st I mean when Stravinsky started his stuff, that kind of caused a riot too. You know, right? So it's much like. You know, Sex Pistol singing, <laughs> right? Uh, but I'm curious. Did like Stravinsky? I've because I don't read in this area. Like, did Stravinsky ever say anything about what he was doing and why? I think he did. I just don't remember. <laughs> of course. I mean, okay. I I need to get more into this. So there's this um, uh, era called the Expressionism, mm. right? Would you could are you? What was your thought on that? Because in Thailand, there's this conservative movement and there's this expressionism uh, movement, which is like a contemporary movement. You, you, you see what I'm getting at here? There's this, there's this divide between uh, con, con, conserva, conserva, conservation, ah, conservation and there's contemporary. You understand what I'm saying? 
So contemporary uh, music in classical would mean like you know like John Cage mm. and uh, Schoenberg that would be considered to be contemporary, and before conservative would be like since like impressionism, mm. you know classical, romantic, whatever. So, and there are people who won't accept the the new classical era. Right. Uh, what's your uh, you know view on that? Like why they won't accept it, or or just my no, I mean, feeling I, about the expressionist expressionism. I mean, what's your thought on like on 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 people dividing it, and what's your personal thought towards expressionism? You know, I guess it's a feeling of personal taste, really. Hmm. Mm. I personally like it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, your music is very expressionism to me, in a way. I mean, people might not agree, but you know. <laughs> but have you ever encountered people who 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 doesn't like what you do and consider you to be a contemporary artist and you know have this very conservative mindset towards you? No, or. Maybe I, I'm sure there are people who don't like what I do, but usually they don't come and tell me. I suppose <laughs> once you start playing with loopers and electronic instruments, people immediately take that as a. I mean, it's pretty clear what you're doing is not. <laughs> I can't express any. I, well, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I guess uh, it's clear that you're doing something else than just traditional music, right? Mm. In a traditional way. Yeah, for sure. I mean. But I mean, I heard Anna play without it, mm -hmm. too. You know, and for me, being you know, I guess you haven't been really been bullied. Just, 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 <laughs> just to pinpoint it out. But I encounter people that been bullied because they're trying to do something new, and there would be people just like trying to, you know, get on their nerves, you know, and try to uh, degrade them, and like, why are you doing this kind of music? It doesn't matter, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, why not you playing this kind of like? You know, conservative stuff. You know, like play Beethoven or you know Mozart, right. and you know, beautifully. Why you try to do you know Schoenberg or something like that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's just a mindset. I'm just curious if there's anything going on in that sense because I think in Europe they are more progressive mm. towards this kind of music anyway. But in Thailand, I don't think so. I mean, people are not. As progressive as you know, Europe, and especially the ears are not, you know, developed in in the classical contemporary uh, area, you know. So, hmm. I mean, uh, what was that? I like I heard uh, some musicians from. I mean, I heard some musicians they don't like to use the word even uh, like it's the same in jazz. Some some jazz musicians don't like to use the word jazz. Hmm. Therefore, therefore, I guess I shouldn't call them jazz musicians. I mean, and, and there are some uh, musicians that don't like to refer to classical music as, like I think it was um, Yusuf Latif. Maybe, you know, some people want to refer to what we might call classical music as European symphonic music, huh. because it because uh, classical music. What is it really? What you're talking about is music of European origin, right? Because yeah. India, India has its own classical music. Thailand has its own classical music, right? So Interesting, right? And so you call it Western classical music. Western classical yeah. music, right? Western, okay. yeah, yeah, right. 
Right. But I know, but I'm just curious because I heard people say, even say things like they don't want to call it classical, they want to call it European. But even symphonic, not not all Western classical well, is, music is, is symphonic, like some, right? Is it some of it's just small quartets, trios, solos, whatever? Yeah. Is that like some woke culture shit that you're trying to throw into this mix? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No. But you do have a point. I mean, yeah, it is like Western classical. I mean, what we're talking about now is Western classical. You know. I'm just being silly. Nah, well, causing confusion for no good that's, reason. That's the point of podcast: is to be very informative and silly at the same time. <laughs> you, are you working on a new album or anything like that at the moment? I'm planning to. Planning to. Planning yeah, to. I just not started it yet. I'm waiting for. I wait. <laughs> I'm waiting to uh, to finish my day job before getting into like serious. I want to get more into mode. that. Because you decide, you you told us you decided to move to Thailand to see to try new things that are not musical, uh, music related. So actually, this decision kind of made you want to do more music. Am I right? Yeah, hmm. kind of. <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? Like you sometimes just gotta, you know, retreat or I don't know, try to get out from. The, the clusterfuck that we we were all in, mm. you know, and I'm I'm so happy to hear that, actually that, you know, someone you know as talented talented as you, have gone through that. I think it I think this will be very informative to, some musician that are, are are going through the same thing that you're going, you know. Yeah, I think it's a common thing to doubt yourself at times. And to doubt, you know, if if this is the right path for you, especially if it's the only thing that you've been doing, mm. um, and you haven't really tried and something else, and you're not sure if you know, maybe what if there's <laughs> what what if this is not the right thing? You know, mm. I think it's it's not it's not an unusual thought, yeah. But I think it's good to have. I feel I feel good about having tried something else and having the experience of. You know, not being a musician for a while, and well, what that's like, and then, and then having that realization that you know, actually, now I, I do like music. <laughs> I, I, I can relate. What do you think is going to happen when there's like AI musicians? You know, because I heard that Google just did a test. They they have this. Uh, A few days ago, they or maybe a week ago, they put out this. I forget what it's called. LM. LM. They basically have this music generating uh, AI, you know, and it can uh, generate music from nothing. It's, so it's a it's a little bit like I know there is already like some uh, artificial programs, but what they're this is different. Those programs usually they're playing some kind of instrument that's pre-created, but in this case, it's just a it's a it's a neural net. With no instruments, and it can create music out of, let's say, just out of its. Um, it's consumed a lot of music. It's been it's been fed a lot of music, and uh, therefore, and it can output music. So if you say, like, play me, uh, play me a rag, a, a, a ragtime rag, and it will play a rag, or something like this. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious if, uh, like, so you're you're experiment experimenting with um, all sorts of. Uh, uh, computer-assisted music, let's just say, or electronic music, would you play with... Uh, supposing there was some kind of assist, 
some kind of AI that could um, play with you. And you, 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 you switch card, you switch key, it follows instantly. It can almost read your mind sort of thing. Would that be interesting or would that sound like dangerous? You know, because you, you might kind of stop wanting to collaborate with humans or something. <laughs> I'm throwing a real... <laughs> what do you think about I'd the prospect of that? I'd love to try that. That sounds fun. <laughs> it sounds like fun, right? <laughs> Wow. Well, that tells that tells a lot about Anna's um, mentality right there. Open-minded, very open-minded. I mean, I think I I, I read something about that, and there was this uh, Freddie Mercury quote that he said, like that there will be times when technology will advance so much, far more than now, that they will create, you know, uh, music, right. It's so e that we create uh, easily more music, but it will, you know, get to a point where the music has no soul. Yeah, I mean, because you like if you interpret what this kind of this kind of uh, computer program is doing, really, all it's doing is re it's being fed with so much human-generated music, uh, so much that it basically, if you start playing a few notes of one kind of music, it's going to very quickly understand what the what the beat is, what the next, what the structure, harmonic structure is, and be able to just play something from from this input. So, in one sense, it's not exactly creative because it's just it's reassem reassembling yeah. something that humans yeah. have already done. But on the other hand, most of what human musicians do is also that, right? Mm. In a sense, like most of it is. Yeah, really. but I mean, I gotta be in defense here. I mean, because well, that, that's why I say most of it, but definitely not all of it. Uh, but you don't understand, like the way each musician plays, you know, the scales. Like we have been doing, like the fucking, um, you know, well-tempered clavier for ages, right? You know, and we're still playing the major scale, you know, through that tuning, you know, right? And each each person that plays the music has their own vibration and uh, of bending the notes, you know? Oh man, like just for example, Pat Metheny, he just doesn't sound like anybody else, the way no, he, he plays doesn't. his notes, or, right? You know, you know, recently Jeff Beck, who died, you know, right. like rest in peace, he, if you go back and listen to him, he has such a unique voice. Right. Nobody can replicate that. And... Well, okay, you might have, yeah, be creative in that way. Yeah, hmm. yeah sure. I mean, it's still hey, twelve I, notes. I'm with you. No, I'm, I'm with you. But uh, I think we we're definitely going to see some of this technology coming along, and uh, musicians will use it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but you 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 will sense like, you know, people that like okay through my generation or even your generation who who you know we are in like a very transitional you know point where like if you listen to a lot of things on Spotify that are are created you know through computers that are digitally made you know you can sense like wow this 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 had lacked something here there's that um right you know this voice right here you know what we're talking cannot be AI generated to a certain point unless it's fed right but it lacks this this tone this this soul that I'm trying to give in, you know. Yeah. How can you how can you duplicate soul? It's how can AI duplicate soul? It doesn't make sense. 
Anna doesn't believe in soul. So what you talking? She doesn't say that. <laughs> she's she's not a spiritual person, but she understands the vibration of the energy and the frequency of it. No. How, otherwise, how can you fucking feel the tension? <laughs> I don't think AI can, you know, invent tensions like that unless they're gonna rule the world. <laughs> Then we're the one creating the tension, not them. You know what I'm saying? It is kind of like fucked up a little bit. Hmm. You know, they don't have feelings. Right. AI doesn't have feelings, so right. they just create this fucking circumstances. The tension comes from us. We're the one who's feeling it. Right. The animals, the one who's a, have a beating yeah. heart. Like for for me, that's like for me, that's key because the thing about music is, uh, it's this art form where you kind of moment to moment are experiencing it, both the performer and the audience. It only exists in that, you know, in that shared moment, which is really different from other art forms, right? Because mm-hmm. other art forms, you, they made it across different times, time scales, and then experienced in another time scale and music, uh, right? So how you, how do you if you have like a an AI with no consciousness that's that's right. not very meaningful to me no, I, yeah. I, I totally agree I was just throwing that in there you know seeing what we thought of it well who you know who knows I mean we have to do a blind audition too maybe we're going to be prejudiced or toward AI now right you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, man, imagine if it's, uh, the AI started winning all the seats and uh, European or- orchestras, <laughs> symphonic orchestras. No one left. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Uh, no. Anyway, it will happen. Any, anything that you just said, it's just like, is there a market for that? You know? <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay, so well, just in the sense that you, okay, so all of the kind of like electronic tools that, pe- that musicians already use to produce music That would have taken many people to produce, right? So you sometimes see like a duo, and uh, you know because of loops and because of the ability to, like for one or two guys to play many many different instruments. That's t- technology multiplying uh, what humans can do, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, this uh, this is going to be maybe. I mean, and you also have like DJs making most of <laughs> most of the money in music these days, or in many places. Yeah. Um, so maybe it can't. I mean. Can it be any worse than that? I don't know. Maybe it can. Could be. I mean, anything could be worse than that. <laughs> I mean, it can. I just don't want to think about it. That's all. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm still because I'm using my time to think about like, do you know, like, analog synthesizer has their own DNA of the the wave signs. Uh, you know that? You mean like no two of the same? same? Well, you know, like okay, let's for example, uh, uh, RD808, mm-hmm. a fucking drum machines. You know, has if it's analog, the 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 sound that comes from from generating it. Oh, uh, right. And if it's analog, it's a wave sign. So it's a DNA that that feeds into it. You know. Yeah, I, I read something the other day about um, Roland and uh, what's the one of the famous organ pianos. Yeah, the, uh, um, basically like Roland pianos out of Japan. They were trying to digitize this, and the guy who invented it wasn't happy with uh, no. how it went. You right. know. Right, yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't really. They call understand it Jupiter Eight. There's this synthesizer, like it's very famous in thrillers, and but when they generate that, it has their own DNA of like it's not zero one. Right, I got you. It's not. You know, it's not digital. It's not, yeah, it's yeah. not binary. Right. So that's the thing. But now, a lot of programs like that plug in in, in the computer. Are so fixed with that, you know. It's everything is zero one binary codes mm-hmm. that 
it lose the 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 aspect sense of it. But to be honest, I mean, the new age, nobody listen or cares about that. They just care about like you know how to get it done, how to get it out, you know. And and there's a beauty beauty in that. I mean, you don't have the money to go buy a fucking analog synthesizer that costs so much to maintain, you know. I don't know. <laughs> any any thought on that, um, Anna? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's your view view on it? Nothing. I didn't know that synthesizers had DNA. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that uh, that's a euphemism, right? You don't. Yeah, it's not that they have yeah. DNA, but maybe, but uh, analog like analog tone generators. I don't mm. exactly know how they work, but uh, like maybe. I think okay. they're unique. There's a uniqueness to some of them. So okay. maybe it's not like a, uh, you know, you know, like okay, you generate a sine wave in a computer. It's still, it's not like you see a curve, but the truth is, it's not actually a curve. It's like, it's like a ladder. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just very mm. tiny steps. So, um, yeah, I'm dittering, trying but, myself okay. in nuts here, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not DNA. But uh, yeah, analog instruments. There's something fundamentally different. About them from uh, digital instruments. Mm. So and, uh, let's say if you record a violin, you record your acoustic violin, and the other ones are using uh, a MIDI-generated software instrument to play the same line as you. It's totally different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for analog synthesizer and the one I generate with the MIDI. Mm. Hmm. You get me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, each analog synthesizer, you know, it's like you're playing overdubs on on guitars or even violins. If you're using the same uh, instrument, saying I'm using a Fender, and I'm using another Fender, like the same one, to play the same note over again, it will kind of like cut face each other for somehow. It doesn't make it bigger. It kind of softened the same notes. Mm-hmm. Are, are you getting what I'm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but if I use a Fender to record like a C note, and I use a Gibson to record a C note, it doesn't soften. Mm-hmm. It kind of expand the C note because there's a different DNA, um, different different sine wave, yeah, different characteristic of the instrument. For you, okay. in the violin, if you're using the same one, if you're using the, the C notes on this octave, if you want it to be a little bit, you know, they want it to be ex- more expand and not soften, you play the higher octave or lower octave to, mm. to make that C note more expand, but you're using only one, uh, you know, the same, the same violin. Mm. Now in the orchestra, they, they have a whole section Right mm. to play that one C note, mm-hmm. but it's a different instrument, even though it's a violin. Mm. This, the, I love I saying? love viol- I love violin sections. The sounds of violin sections is so uh, so amazing. The combination of violin yeah. sounds, uh, mm. and that's that's how the overdubbing comes from. It's from that orchestral uh, aspect of it. So anyway, I think we've I, I think we've gotten no, ourselves into a little whirlpool. Of, 
tied in the weeds. I then. don't think so. I think I think this information costs a lot of money. By the way, I mean oh, yeah. for people who who because this is production uh-huh. uh, aspect of like producing, you know, or music. If you because there's overdubbing and there's like why do you need to overdub when when producer said okay let's overdub this. But if you don't understand how what, okay. how to do it, how the you are sound degrading works. Uh, you know okay. your own music. Right. You are uh, lessening the the value or impact of that note. Mm. You know. <laughs> anyway, um, I've run out of questions. Maybe I have, I, I have so many questions. What's your political view? <laughs> po- politics. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. Okay, I'm curious. <laughs> Do you have a political view? Are you an activist? I'm not really into politics, to be honest. Okay, what's your thought on it? Stressful. Stressful. Mm. Do you think your music can be part of it? No. What if Trumps like <laughs> took your music and play in his one of his rally? How would you feel? Not very happy. <laughs> <laughs> would you be happy if any polit- politician used your music? No. Like Opal? <laughs> Just kidding. Throw him under the bus there. What, what kind? What kind of projects would I mean? Would you like to do uh, um, music for film and uh, things like this? Various things. So you you basically like to do many different kind of musical projects. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to write music for film or media, um, mm. games, that kind of stuff. Would be cool. Yeah, you I mentioned a lot about that. game, game, gaming music. You know, gaming music is is, oh man, is is really something else, man. Mm. It's like it's a totally different. I don't know. It's so like the last time I saw Last of Us when they were re- uh, recording music for for the the game. Do you know the the, the game The Last of Us? Um, it's but, now on yeah, HBO. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean the process of it is just so interesting. They use this our. Argentinian guy, I forgot his name, but he uses his like you know like the process is so much fun. It's it's such a like um, challenge you know to do like gaming uh, soundtrack I think, and it's one of the biggest um, uh, music industry. Gaming actually kind of like helped fuel the uh, the music industry. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I noticed what, like when you're playing on stage. That you seem you seem very um, calm, as you're like you know you're playing your loops in. You kind of like go and set the stuff because that seems to me like uh, something. I don't know. Did, did it take you a while to to build up to this level of confidence with this uh, equipment? Yeah, I mean I've tried and tested lots of things, lots of kinds of equipment, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it's doesn't work and then you work out why it doesn't work and then you learn from it um, yeah I think I think yeah the, the the worst thing is when like something technically doesn't work and that messes up your performance mm-hmm. um, yeah which has happened in the past but obviously I learned from that experience and now I'm much more confident with my setup and I can 
more or less trusted. Do you practice on that? Do you practice on? Yeah. Yeah. Because like the way you 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 remote your your looping is very something people don't really I don't know appreciate as much as you know if if for for guy that you know understand looping to see you do it on 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 stage it's pretty something else you know you have to be like you have to be on point you have to know the music you have to know like how to to press you know mm-hmm. stomp on that remote stuff and I don't think a lot of people come up to you and and talk about that. Nah. Which do you do you do a lot of work on it? On the looping. Yeah, on like how to dexterate yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like a old MIDI map to my pedals, and mm. you know, in the in the past when I didn't perform as much, I sometimes forget like which one am I meant to press next, <laughs> and then. Sometimes it was the right one. Sometimes it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that I think in the very beginning I would have like uh, I would write a sheet for myself just to know like which button does what. Wow! But now I just remember. Mm. You see, it's just not. It's not just about practicing your your violin. This is other stuff too. Huh? No, it's like practicing the all the, all the parts that I play. It's is one part of it, and then it's practicing the 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 loops mm. and pressing in the right button at the right moment and yeah and remembering all that have you ever won a tour with the band like your own band like featuring like you know you're you're the main act and you have like a backup bands for you I mean that'd be cool but I don't have that I don't have a band that is like thing, that's like mean, my original band you know I yeah but do you want one maybe one day yeah maybe that'd be cool have you ever yeah. have a band Your own band? My own band? No, I've been. I mean, I've been part of many bands. Yeah, but you never but run one. Right? No. You, you, you. Does that interest you in having one? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Are you a hard ass? Like, <laughs> do you like? Are you like James Brown? Kind of like, if you have a band, are you going to be like a dictatorship? <laughs> Just going around deducting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mm, nah, I think I can be very clear about what I want. Yeah, but the thing is, but, but I'm not a dictator. Well, what think. if they don't do what you want? Why wouldn't they? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> You're fired, ass. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> oh. But I mean, what I'm, I'm really asking, like, do you you see yourself, you know, in a bigger installment collective? I mean, you're doing solo now with the looping, mm-hmm. and it's great. But do you ever think of like having a bigger, you know, ensemble for for yourself? You know, I mean, that'd be cool. I, I know, like, uh, a lot of art artists that that like they have a kind of band or ensemble. And that works really well, um, but I don't know exactly how it would work, like with my looping stuff, mm. unless I had like I don't know 20 violins with me. Mm. But maybe that'd be a bit weird. I don't know. Well, something to look forward to. Did you did you explore um, the scene in Bangkok or Phuket or Samoa or anything like that at all? Did you find out what's going on in the rest of the country? 
Uh, so I've I've been to Bangkok a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I still feel like there's more to explore there. I think there's more like um, classical music in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. so it's good to see because the money's there. <laughs> I don't know. I seem like Western classical music in Thailand are, are usually so secluded for you know people with you know status. You know, it's not so easily. Uh, I don't know, easily to get into here. Mm-hmm. Then, then when you compare it to like you know America, where you you can go to any recitals and you know you have like a communal community performance or something like that. You know, even at schools. But in Th- I think in Thailand, you know, it's hard as it is for for normal people. To go to see a classical performance, you know. So, but in Bangkok, you have a more uh, amphitheater or more more concert venue, you know, at Mahidon or even at the Thai Cultural Center, where the uh, the the venue fits the acoustically for for the classical stuff, you know. So, yeah, that's one thing. Hmm. Yeah. So. So you think there's more to explore in Bangkok? Mm. Yeah, I've only recently started playing there. Like I had my first solo gig there this week. You went to that Bangkok Design Week, right? Yeah. How was it? It was good. Yeah, it was okay. Okay. Where where was the gig? It was at the uh, Central Post Office building. Oh, okay. Mm. That's interesting. A lot of people. Uh, it was a Monday, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can't right. expect lots of people on a Monday. Mm. Um, but yeah, there were I people there. Hmm. So, you know, just near wrapping it up. Um, what do you want to? What do you want to say, Anna? I mean, like, what are you looking forward to? Your your goal, your life, and you know, actually, before we get into that, you have a red belt in. Taekwondo, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's, oh man, this is. I just, I totally forgot. This is great. Okay, so I'm a little bit of like a martial art, like uh, geek, a little, a little bit, because like last time Paul Page was here mm-hmm. and, and he, he was, was talking about Vo, Vo, yeah, yeah, which is a Vietnamese uh, martial art, like traditional martial art. But for you, why did you take up Taekwondo? Because you're not Korean. Well, Paul wasn't—he's not Vietnamese. But <laughs> but why did you take up Taekwondo? Because I like martial arts. Why? Because it's cool <laughs> and it's fun. When did you start Taekwondo? I think when I was in like uh, seventh grade. Really? That yeah. that that young? Yeah, is that young? Seventh grade is like thirteen. It's not super young. There are kids who are like I don't know three. Well, yeah. I mean, but how you? I mean, to get a red belt is is it's pretty long, isn't it? Yeah, it's a few years, but yeah. How many years until you got that? Like, how are you still devoting to uh, taekwondo? No, I've not practiced taekwondo in a very long time now, and mm. um, mostly because I I can't find a, a club that has taekwondo for adults. Most of it is for like kids. Oh, yeah. Here in Chiang Mai, yeah, I think I saw 
like a few places, but they all yeah, it's for kids. it's all for kids, and I don't want to train with kids, so no. <laughs> you know, Taekwondo is very popular in Thailand for for many ages. Yeah, but true is like for for kids, but you can, you know. I guess there's special classes for for people, you know, more advanced. I guess maybe, maybe, maybe. I just not found it yet. You're guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But um, do you think like being, you know, exposed to martial arts help you mentally discipline, uh, be to be disciplined with your practice routine? I don't know. Are you a disciplined practicer? I used to be. She say that, but she practiced more than us. Man. Do you have fun practicing? Yeah, I do now. <laughs> I mean, you seem to be the, the the person that enjoy doing music, no matter what. Mm. <laughs> have you ever had to use like your taekwondo thingy on any anybody? Yeah. Really? Not that I had to, but I wanted to. What? <laughs> What? That is so surprising. Wow. Um, what did you do? Um, I, I, I kicked someone. Well, I, I, I kicked, I kicked his butt because, uh, he he'd been mean to my friend. Oh my god. Do you remember the particular move? No, I just, just kicked him and hit him. I don't know. I was angry. What kind of kicking? Was it a high kick, a low <laughs> kick, or a spinning back <laughs> kick? Or LJ wants the blow by blow replay. <laughs> Nothing special. Nothing special. No. No, just I think I can imagine. What? Where, where did you kick him? Mm, like, uh, like around the around the. Or so, oh, I didn't want to kick his head or anything. I'm not, I'm not crazy. D wow. Did it have the desired effect? He stopped uh, being mean to your friend. Yeah. All right. Cool. Oh wow. I think he he knew why. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you know, offense is the best defense. <laughs> hmm. That's 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 surprising. But I'm I'm glad that you know. Do you think like martial artists uh, had helped you personally? Maybe. Have you ever been bullied? Mm, not seriously. Mm. Mm. Is was that in uh, England or in in Sweden or? No, like when you're in, uh, like. Uh, Young teenager, like sixth, seventh grade, like oh. that. I think they're just. I think it just happens to everyone that that guys they they can be nasty sometimes. Yeah, yeah. but it's not like I was like uh, seriously bullied in any way. Mm. Mm. Did you start taking taekwondo because of that? No, no, no. no. It's just because uh, I was interested, and in my classmate he he was uh. in a taekwondo club. And so I joined them. Wow. Okay. Do you, um, you, so your family? You still have quite a few family here in Chiang Mai now, right? Do, yeah. do they come out and hear you play sometimes? No. No. <laughs> well, thing. you seem disappointed. <laughs> no. 
Nah. <laughs> what, what? You don't want them to come? No, it's not that I don't want them to come. It's just everyone's busy all the time. Do you tell them that you're playing? No. They see? Hmm? Are you shy among your family when you play? No, no, I'm not shy about playing. Did you, t- did you tell them that you're quitting teaching to be a full-time musician? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, more into that. How has the educa- Thai educational system <laughs> affected your view? Affected my view on what? Yeah, I don't know. What's your view on it? On the Thai educational system? Yeah. I think it's pretty messed up. <laughs> where, but you studied. Where did, um, did you study here during what ages? No, I've never studied you in never Thailand. Studied so you don't really know. You know from the outside, ah, because you're a teacher. But no, yeah. you don't know from the inside. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the inside. Sorry, I, I was getting yeah, confused. I yeah, I mean, huh? So how yeah. messed up? Why is it messed up? It's messed up in in many different ways. Like um, on a systematic level, it's very messed up. Like, um, like that the fact that you cannot fail students is, is that a, yeah still a thing. It's still a thing, mm. and I think that's very messed up because when when a student is doesn't have doesn't meet the the criteria for that year, mm. it's like you still have to pass them. But whereas in, in, in the West, you know, what I'm used to is that if you don't meet the criteria, you retake the course. Right. Right? Until, right. until you understand what you're meant to understand. Right. You cannot move on from, from level one to level two right. unless you've passed level one, right? Yeah. But here it's like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Get them out. Ship them out quickly. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's kind of like a snowball effect that, that kind of brings on even more problems later on. This is so basic, yet they're still doing it, Paul. I am so pissed off hearing this maybe again. They're, maybe they're worried about like corrupt ratings. Well, no, I mean, maybe they're worried about like, like there could be a million things. But you know, imagine if because here it's um, private. The education is all mostly private, right? So, mm. oh yeah. Anyway, some there's some level of uh, fun. Payments that parents have to make, even yeah, but it's the school, it's the school ratings too, you know, and they want like the kids to pass mm. so that they can, you know, you know, doesn't have problem with the parents, okay. doesn't have to go to the PDA and have problems with the parents and why, which like in my, you know, when I was still studying, if we fail, we have to retake it, mm. you know, or at Payab, it used to be like if you fail, you get, uh, you know, if you get an F, you are expelled. You have to come back again, you know, re like re uh, audition, mm-hmm. you know. But that that doesn't happen. I mean, now. anyway, people are not learning. That's obviously like a mistake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember I had to re retake some classes because you know I didn't spend much time on it, you know. So I didn't, I didn't care about it. Then once I got an F, yeah, I, I wanted to care about it, you know. I want to pass, you know. Mm. But man, I'm sorry to hear that. Is there any other aspect of it? But this is systematically, but... Yeah, and... Yeah, I think also that... At least from my experience, that the the schools, they... They value quantity over quality. Mm. I think that's a huge problem. 
I think that it's a problem for everyone, <laughs> for both the the students and the yeah. teachers, because the the workload that the students have it's pretty insane. Mm. Um, that I I very rarely give homework um, mm. to my students because I know that wow. they get a lot. Like for example, um, the school where I teach, they have they study. 18 subjects uh, 18 in one year 18 whereas in the west we study maybe 8 <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah um, yeah and if every subject gives homework then oh that, that's a lot of homework <laughs> yeah and um, so it's like they, they try and cram in a lot of like information and a lot of yeah. a lot, just a lot of stuff you know and yeah, yeah. and I think a lot of it they don't really need, you know. I, I, they they, they I, I, don't they don't need to know everything right. there is to know right. about everything, <laughs> you know. You you gotta focus on the important stuff and mm. and make sure that they understand the important stuff, mm. right? And then when they don't, you still let them pass. Mm. I think yeah, just all of that combined, uh, yeah, just makes for a very messed up system. Have you ever expressed this to, towards the school? Oh yeah, but it's like it's not like uh, an issue that um, one teacher can solve. It's it's on a systematic level. I, I understand. And, so this yeah. is politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're talking politics. I have my ways around it. <laughs> no, I think this is so important because, like, if you look at like the problematic uh, political problems in Thailand, it starts from the education system. You know. So, I don't know. The reason I'm asking Anna because she's part of it. You know, now she wants out of it. <laughs> so, it's 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 good to get an insight so that at least we can quote unquote this in the future of like if we ever have like some people, you know, who are interested, you know, on what's the problems that can be solved, mm. you know, for for the Thai edu- uh, education system, you know. So, you ha- you have anything more to add on that? For in the future, when people hear, they they can try to improve things more. You already mentioned two things. So. She's getting out of the system. It'll be all the blurry memory soon. She'll be able, won't be able to remember even what was what it was that she didn't like about it. Oh, but we have this podcast, <laughs> and we can always come back to it. You know, like have we this been fixed? What she raised here is very important. It's basic, you know. Hey, you know, we um, normally we didn't have too many guests, so we could have done the uh, the podcast in Thai as well. But we could have we could actually do another podcast sometime in Thai. I would struggle, but it would be still fun maybe to try with Anna. Yeah, sure. Huh? In Thai. Next time <laughs> yeah. we do this in Thai, it will be fun. Sure. <laughs> well, anyway, I think. You know, we we have to wrap up, I guess. We should. But I still have a question for Anna, because before I jump into like that Taekwondo thing and got into the Thai education system, what's your goal now? You know, what is your musical goal or your life's goal? You know. Um, I think I don't know. Like I think for at least for this year, yeah, I can 
I can have goals for this year, I suppose, um, is to write a lot of new music. Mm. Um, yeah, I have I have a project kind of um, in the early stages um, to work more with um, visuals and to get into film scoring. That's interesting. So that's just this year. Do you plan out, like, are you a person that plans out, like, short-terms, mid-term, and long-term goals? I don't do too much planning at the moment. Mm -hmm. If you want to get into something like film scoring, how do you even get into that? You have to, like, reach out, join up some uh, platforms or something? Or yeah, you can. Um, I mean, connections to start with. Connections, yeah, and right. You can make like a, a portfolio. Do you have a website? Yeah. What's your website? AnnaMariaOlson.com. Nice. There you go. So that's where you can follow you, right? Yeah, we'll link it. We'll link it in the podcast uh, description notes. Yeah. Okay. So, well, we come up to the the end of the road for this ses session, you know, and. We should, link, we should link yours. Uh, anything you want us to link, your YouTube channel, your Spotify or whatever. Yeah, please. Might help yeah. you get one more subscriber. <laughs> well, <laughs> prize, well, hold on. We got to to our own horns here. You sent me something that we're like rank 15. It was hilarious. In, in I, the music first of all, Thailand podcast. First of all, if it's not bullshit, that's really sad. <laughs> Why are you so <laughs> like that's degrading like, us here, man? <laughs> because I know how many listeners we get, and that's really sad. If like if we can rank fifteen with the number of listeners we have, that's like that's just too sad. <laughs> oh man! Maybe, maybe there's like just sixteen music podcasts in the whole of Thailand. Maybe that's why we're fifteen. No, man. I mean, <laughs> look. I think this is a great archive. I mean, personally, thank you so much, Anna, for doing this. You know. Yes, I thanks. mean, you you you're one of the great like violinists in in my life, anyways. And I'm so happy and honored that you you kind of like I don't know step down from your throne <laughs> to <laughs> honor us with your present and your interview. You know. <laughs> sure, it's been fun. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, make, maybe next time when we you know have a chance when you're doing something big uh, or you getting your album out come on on our show again you know sure alright alright thank you so much Anna thank yeah you so thank you much. guys alright for you guys at home thank you so much for listening to us and you know don't forget to follow Anna and follow us on Depth Charge give us some feedback please or you know as always scold us if you want get that thing out of your chest throw us or whatever you want and uh, until next time alright see ya 